You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Brothers and sisters, welcome to the second episode of the Rua Space Podcast. I'm Phil Vestal. And I am Erin Vestal, and we are so glad to have you here with us today, where we explore how to make space for the Holy Spirit in our lives. What we're going to be talking about today is exciting to me, because it's about the second half of our name. Rua Space. Yes, Rua Space. (laughs) So today we're going to explore how you go about making the space, or maybe... More the importance so of the, making space. Yeah, how, why that is. For years, we'll go into how to make that space. That's, that's true. <laughs> so stick with us. Okay, but I think today it's really coming from Jesus' teaching. In Matthew chapter 7, he tells his followers, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. And basically, Jesus is telling people, what you seek, you are going to find. What you make most important in your life, what you make space for, what you have practices around, are the things that are going to grow naturally. And so when you look at your calendar, I mean, here's the basic first thing. If you look at your calendar, that's going to reveal to you what is the most important. Because you make space for the things that you most deeply value in your heart and as you seek those things it turns out you find them what you spend your time doing is where you are what you put your energy toward what your desire and heart are pointed at those are the things you often end up finding absolutely i think an exercise that we were encouraged to undertake by our pastor when we were in college was he said take your calendar and actually write down for a week what you spend your time doing And I remember him saying, then sit down and write a list of what you value the most and look at where they're lining up and where they aren't lining up. Because oftentimes I think our lives get kind of taken away from us in many regards where we get caught up doing the little things, the chores, we get off task. Maybe then we end up in social media. And when I go there, it's like a black hole. I just... I get lost. <laughs> I know I know I'm stuck in it when I type in Facebook because I'm bored looking at Facebook. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. and it, it's like an automatic response of, I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. Let me just jump onto Facebook. Oh, wait a minute. I'm already on Facebook. Right. And there's that sense that we're doing that in our lives. And if we aren't intentional about how we're spending our time and we don't recognize what we're doing to fill our time... We spend so much of our life not pursuing what actually matters most to our hearts and what our souls are crying out for. Well, it's amazing what you miss when you're not looking for it. Mm -hmm. So there have been some very famous studies. I think the one that started it was the gorilla video experiment where they had these kids. um, I believe they were in different colored shirts and they were passing basketballs. And they asked people to come in, watch this video and count how many times the children in the video passed the ball. So people are watching this video and afterwards they come up, they talk about how many pass there were, and then they say, how many people saw the gorilla? <laughs> and, and I mean, it's something like half the people, some, some astounding number of people didn't notice that literally a, something like six foot tall dude in a gorilla costume walked into the middle of the kids, 
thumped his chest and walked out the other side of the video. And you can actually see this video on YouTube, right? Absolutely. We will link it in the notes. Yes, we will. It's astonishing what you can miss if you're not looking for it. I know for me personally, one of the studies that came out was about motorcycle accidents. And I was shocked because what they're finding is a lot of people driving cars aren't expecting to see a motorcycle. Or like when we lived in Seattle, it was bicycles. People rode their bicycles everywhere, commuters, but cars aren't expecting to see a bicycle. And so they actually will look straight at a motorcycle or a bicycle and then proceed to hit that person. Literally, they, their mind did not register register that it was that a it was motorcycle. There. There's even a, another really fun video called the color changing card trick where people are doing a card trick and their shirts change, the background changes, the tablecloth <laughs> changes. And if you're not ready for it, you won't notice that all these colors change. I did it in a sermon once too, where I changed yeah. shirts and you know, people may not even realize it. And it's literally, if you are not looking for something, it's very unlikely that you'll see it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love even in the story of Moses and the burning bush, it's like he's walking by and he sees this burning bush, he walks up to it and it says, God started speaking to him when he saw basically that Moses turned aside to look. It was like Moses was aware enough to realize it. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many burning bushes we walk by every day because right. we're not seeking it. We're not making the space for it. Right, right. It's so critical for our life. And that's something that a lot of marketers are tapping into where how they even market their products to us is using negative space to cause us to be able to focus in on what matters most to them. Right? And not negative in a in a bad way, but kind of the art of negative space or the art of open space. So for example, if you have a if you're listening to this on your iPhone, um, they are maybe the best at it. Apple, and take your iPhone, look at it, you'll realize that there's very little to grab your attention outside of the content that's on the screen. Apple and Steve Jobs did an amazing job Steve Jobs did a job, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but they did a really good job at making sure that the device itself almost disappears so that you are fully focused in on the content. So it's from the colors they choose, the design they choose. I mean, it actually comes out of a whole architectural movement of the Bauhaus, I believe was the name, that is this idea that when you take away things, when you carve them out, and make open white space or negative space around something, what it actually does is focuses your mind in on what is there. Mm. So if you create a lot of white space, I mean, take a white piece of paper and put one little purple dot in the middle. It's like you are going to see that purple dot. Now take 20 markers and dot, 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 all over the thing. Almost like what are those kids books called? where you like have to look for the one, the I spy books, oh, right? Yeah. Where it's a picture of just this smorgasbord of stuff. Right. And it's like, find the little toy soldier. And it's like only an eight by 11 sheet of paper, but it literally could take you 20 minutes to find the toy soldier because there's so much stuff right. there. And I would think that's what's going on in art galleries too. When you walk into an art gallery and the walls are usually, at least the ones we've been in, they're all white. And there's a framed photograph or a picture or a painting. Or Which sometimes sculpture. I wish I didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've Just seen kidding. some special exhibits, but that it focuses your eye on that gallery or that picture so that you can notice the artist's work. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole movement in there. And one of the things I liked is when I was teaching, 
our school talked a lot about what we would call margin, which mm. I think is a, another way that the art of negative space is showing up in people's lives. And we talked about margin being the space around your day or within your day that gives you wiggle room, that allows you to take an opportunity to talk with a coworker because you've passed by and you don't have to be rushing. Or that space that allows you to be in the presence of children and notice that somebody isn't doing well and engage them and ask what's going on. I notice you're looking unhappy today. And what happens is if we cram our day and our plan book so full of stuff to do that we crowd out any margin, we miss the opportunities to notice things that weren't on our to-do list. And I think I've noticed in my life, sometimes the most important encounters and moments that I've had have come about not because it was on my to-do list, but because it wasn't on my to-do list and I had the margin to notice and take that opportunity or make space for that opportunity to come about. But look at the life of Jesus. How many of his most significant interactions were unplanned? Absolutely. He's walking down the street and a blind person calls out to him or Zacchaeus is up in a tree (laughs) or uh, someone touches the the fringe of his robe um, unplanned. And how easily someone like Jesus could have just missed that completely. Because he's probably a busy guy, right? He's God. Well, and we know from scriptures there were constantly crowds surrounding him. I mean, how often is he trying to take his disciples away from the crowds, across the lake or wherever, so that he can have some space to be with them? And even then the crowds follow. Well, there's a reason people are having to yell his name. People are crowded around him. How easy it would have been for Jesus to miss that voice. Mm -hmm. So there's something about Jesus intentionally built in that market. And he intentionally, in the way he saw and the way he heard, was creating space for other people. He was intentionally making that. And because he was seeking it, Mm -hmm. he often found that Mm -hmm. person. And in our lives today, I mean, I think about my, how my normal day could go. And, you know, you've got kids in the morning, you have work you need to get to, you have kids in the evening. Um, You've got possibly another job on the side, you have family responsibilities. Then you might have, if statistics of America are correct, you know, four hours of TV you've got to watch, right? Um, <laughs> it can feel like there's no space. It can yeah. feel like all of a sudden your day comes and goes and, and sometimes it's and sometimes it's good things. That's the other yeah. thing is this doesn't just mean like, oh, your day is full of bad stuff. You need to make space for the good. Right. It's like, no, sometimes our day can be so full of even good things Right. That we're actually still not making space for some of the other stuff that might matter even more. Well, look at, I know I've heard people come back from vacations and what do they say? They say, I need a vacation after my vacation. I'm so worn out. We did this, 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 this. And they're naming all these incredible things. But the purpose of a vacation is to rest from work and they come back even more fatigued and exhausted than they started, which might be a whole podcast on its own is how to vacation well but hey i'm up for that one. <laughs> only if it comes with like some practices right <laughs> yeah. um live from hawaii <laughs> oh yeah so i think that that space and how we're constructing our time what we're putting in our calendar um allowing us to to seek after things or or miss things depending on how we're structuring our time. I really encourage you to 
do the experiment where you fill out your calendar and how your time goes. And I mean, do it every, every 15 minutes if you need to, or, you know, every hour, whatever is easiest, but to get a really good grasp on it, because I think until we can take an honest look at what we are doing, as well as what we desire to be doing, we're not going to be able to see where to start making that space. Yeah, well, I mean, I love that that saying, and I don't know who to attribute it to, but that we're human beings, not human doings. Mm-hmm. Yet today, it's almost a badge of honor to be able to prove yes, to someone is. that you're busier. Yes, like, it is. Oh man, how are things? Always, I'm busy. But the funny thing is, no matter who you are, you have 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Now, unless you're traveling west and creating more hours in your day, you know, it's like you only have so much time in your day. We're all going to spend it doing something. Right. So there is no like busier than you or me because you have the same amount of time I do. We're going to spend it doing something. The the right. scary part is how unaware we can become of how we're spending or not spending our time. And this goes to our marriages, but for us with root, and I mean our relationships, our marriages, with our kids, with our work, with everything. But in Rua space, we're we're kind of starting with, are we making space for the most fundamental relationship that matters, which is with God? And as we spoke about in episode one with Rua, how do we even make space for our breath to be Mm -hmm. present in this moment, mm-hmm. I know for me, my whole life, I've always been a future person. I'm mm-hmm. planning about the future. I'm always 10 steps ahead. And when I get to those 10 steps, rather than enjoying that 10th step, I'm in the next 10. You know what I mean? It's always further out. But that's to make no space for the fact that all we have is the present moment. And right. so how do we sort of, this is kind of what we want to dive into, is making space for what deep down we really want to make space for what mm. truly are we seeking what truly is going to bring us fullness what truly is going to bring us joy because we have to first define them we have to be aware of them and then we have to take intentional steps to say i'm going to make space for breath for spirit for what is true right well i think it would be appropriate to share a story here from our own lives and say not all that long ago we have two small toddlers, and by the end of the day, we are usually quite tired. And I know other people who have children or have had children can understand and relate. And I know or my, it could be I a sick relative. Who, it could oh, be. Yeah. I mean, it could be a million things oh, that right. end up feeling that way. Right. Um, but I think that you know, we got to the end of the day, and we were we were wiped out, and our brains were kind of fried. And so after dinner, we get the kids to bed. And man, it felt good to put our feet up and we would watch an episode of something, usually a comedy. Um, she won't watch The Walking Dead with me. So. <laughs> I won't. It's scary. Um, but yeah, something we both enjoyed. And you know what would happen is without fail, we'd watch an episode. And when the episode would end, Netflix would start the next episode. And we <laughs> well, would, then you might as well. We would look at each other and we're like, I'm still tired. Are you still tired? (laughs) Yeah, I'm still. Okay, well, just one more. And before we knew it. Netflix is judging us. Are (laughs) are you still watching Friends? They are. (laughs) And you know, we spent a very long time in this habit where we were living our lives and then we get to the end of the day and we would just veg because it felt good and it was 
convenient and it was easy and it didn't ask anything of us. And for a while that worked for us. I, I say worked with air quotes here. It didn't actually work, but it felt fine. But eventually we reached a point where we realized that we were not connecting with each other anymore. With and God. we were definitely not connecting with God. And it was starting to show in little things that we didn't like about ourselves, how we would nitpick at things, or we'd have a shorter temper with the kids, or we felt that we were constantly wanting to get our own free time because it wasn't something we could have. And when we noticed that, and we recognized that that really started when we were beginning to binge watch the shows. And we were able then, with a lot of work and self-discipline, to start cutting back on that. And it brought a lot more life into our lives. And replace it with things that actually brought us joy. It wasn't that That's true. We didn't replace it with something else right. that was similar. And, 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 and when you're in the midst of a habit like that, where it just feels like your space is draining away... You end up seeking other things. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like other people. And But I mean, you end up trying to say, well, I, and I think you were getting at this, that I feel empty. So now I need to seek it in my own time away from this. Or I need to mm-hmm. seek it in this other addiction. Of, well, now I need more sugar. Or now I need more of this or that. You know, And it actually spirals in a negative direction. Yeah. And that thing starts sort of eating more space. Right. And, and, and we still love watching our shows. And there's yeah. a time and place for watching that. Um, but definitely we were realizing it wasn't bringing the life that we wanted. Right. And I think if you had asked us when we were in the midst of that time, before we had the realization of what we were doing and what it was causing in our day-to-day life, we both would have answered, we didn't have space for more stuff. Mm, right. And I think the beautiful thing about God and what he's doing for us when he encourages us to seek him is he's not asking us to add one more thing to the calendar. This is not, hey, let's try and you've got to do 15 minutes of this, or you should be reading your Bible, or we need you to start, you're going to need to start praying this much every day now to be really spiritual. This is not about that. Making space is not tacking on to your already crammed life, and it is not about adding more shoulds or ought tos because I think we have plenty of those from our work and our and just our normal life but really making space for ruah the spirit of god I think it starts with an awareness of what are you really desiring in your heart? Because you really your actions after? betray that. Whatever is yes. in your mind, whatever you think you value, your actions actually reveal what it really is. And that was what was so startling to us is what we were wanting was a healthy marriage, fulfilling relationships with our kids and with our friends and with our parents. We were wanting work that we enjoyed. And we weren't actually seeking. We were, (laughs) we, we were seeking with our free time was vicariously living other people's lives which didn't fill us and was having some side effects. And what's beautiful about it is when you can recognize, here's what my deepest desires are. Here is my list of what I prioritize. And then you can look at your calendar and you can see in black and white, wow, this thing in my life. And maybe for you, it's not Netflix. For us, Netflix was totally a thing. It could be any of a million things. It could be tons. There's there's sometimes good things. Yes. 
but maybe it's not as much of a priority. And I mm-hmm. think that's something we had to learn too as parents was we love our children, but now some things are lower on the priority totem pole than they were before we had kids. And so when you're able to look at it and say, okay, this is what I want to have space for. This is what I'm making space for. I'm going to put this after Mm -hmm. this. And you can start to kind of orient your calendar. A reprioritization. Reprioritization. And and, and there are, there are rhythms to life and sometimes things truly are just insane but or I've a dis- season. A season. But I've discovered that those seasons are not lifestyles, mm-hmm. but they can easily become excuses for a lot. Do you know what I mean? For I allowing allowing that time to just continue when maybe it isn't anymore. And so um, I think our encouragement would be and our hope in our ministry of Rua Space is that our podcast, our blog, our site, this ministry would be a place to help make space for that during the listening during the practices and then help equip to make space for god for your life the beautiful creative amazing eternal life that god Mm -hmm. created you for to discover that to its fullest i mean that's what jesus says in john 10 and well in other places he's like i didn't come to bring a heavy burdensome yoke which was like his teaching of the rabbi. He's like, I came to bring life to the fullest. And he says, if you seek that life in him, you'll find it. And so my, my invitation to you in this episode and in this entire ministry of Rua Space would be, what do you desire deepest down? What did God create you for? What is going to bring the most life and joy? And of course, it's going to start with him. It's going to be about other people. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be about the unique way God created you. And then invite yourself to make space for what brings you life. Whatever that might be, whatever outlet that may be, you will find life when you make space for the spirit and for who God made you to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the big thing here is it's such a bringer of joy to your life. It's not a burden. Yeah. It's a freedom. It's a, it's very much a freedom. Yeah. Well, brothers and sisters ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. We're so glad that you could join us for another episode. You can find us online at ruaspace.com and you can also find us under the username ruaspace on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. For podcasts, we are everywhere that podcasts can be found. Feel free to check us out, leave us a review and a rating. Grace and peace.